Hello everyone, welcome to the Wire Bank Sucks Podcast. My name is James, the Notorious Banker, and I'm here to tell you why your bank does in fact suck very much. As of right now, 2,270 amazing followers at Bank Better Guy. Guys, thank you so very much for the support. I really do appreciate it. I always say that because I, it means a lot to me. You know, Thank you so much to everyone who donates to my Patreon, patreon.com slash notoriousbanker, and follows me on Twitter at Bank Better Guy. You are the real MVP, my friends. I really appreciate it because this project is a labor of love. And if I had one follower, I'd still be doing it. And I still would be tweeting as much as I as I do now, you know. Um, but with 2,270 followers, it makes me feel really good about where this is going. There's so much to talk about. As you know, with coronavirus going on the last two months, we've been talking about that for a while. Uh, the PPP loans, the stimuluses, everything going on in the world um it's been kind of a bummer it's been really stressful um weirdly enough as part of everything that's happened in the last couple of months the federal reserve um relaxed a really important rule to me and um whenever you whenever you hear that hey the federal reserve removed regulation d from its consumer banking i mean it sounds really nerdy right really sounds really damn you know geeky and everything um, but it's really an important role, one that affects people in need, people who need their money. It affects younger people who use online and mobile banking especially, and I'll get into why um, whenever we discuss it at length after the commercial. But you know, I got to tell you, you know, the last few weeks has been really eye-opening because I've seen that it's more than just about accounts and fees and overdrafts and the things that I've talked about before. And yes, they tell stories on, on why your bank sucks about, you know, day-to-day working in a retail bank and everything. And then that part's fun. But whenever you get to touch people's lives, whenever people ask you to retweet their cause, whenever people ask you to retweet, um, you know, their post because their uncle was impacted by a business loan that they didn't get, I mean, that stuff is really meaningful to me, guys. And um, it's why I do it. And I really want to continue to do this for as long as I can do it. A Patreon donation from you guys would really hit the spot. Of course, um, listening to this podcast, you do give me some sponsorship revenue. And I'm really, really working hard on securing long-term sponsors for this podcast, not to mention finishing the book. I've been kind of lax on the book because with the coronavirus stuff going on, I really want to add it to the book because it is relevant information that needs to be in there. Um, but I just wanted to mention really quick before we get to the main topic, there's only going to be one topic today, I want to keep it short and sweet. Um, President Trump did sign the second wave of the TPP loan program, a uh, $500 billion package that he put his autograph on today, Friday, um, April 24th. So, of course, on Twitter, people are hopelessly optimistic, saying, hey, now finally I'm going to get my loan. I'm just going to say it right now, I really think Monday um, I'm going to be busy. I think I'm going to have people complaining. I'm going to have people talking about how they got burned yet again from the PPP loans. So if you know anyone who got burned by Bank of America especially, but Wells Fargo or any of the big banks, if they're getting blown off, stalled out, I will find someone for you to yell at. Okay, so jamesandnotoriousbanker.com, DM me at bankbetterguy. Um, I will find someone that way you can talk to them and say, hey, um, where's my where's my money? Where's my government money that I was promised by my um, people that hold elected office in my state? And I really want you to to reach out to those people because yes, and I you know I told someone it may be symbolic and gesture, but at the end of the day, they need to hear that it's real people being impacted by such things. 
And I want you to speak your mind. Yes, I want you to complain on Twitter too. That's part of it. But also reach out to your congressperson. Reach out to someone who holds elected office. Go to a branch and say, hey, I want to be documented on the record that I don't like what you guys are doing. And you can reach out to me and I will have you do that via email. So all I got to say is keep fighting the good fight. There is money that's available to you. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I get my unemployment as well, which will allow the Wire Bank Sucks podcast to go into 2021 with uh, a lot more energy and head of steam, which will allow me to fight for you. So after this brief promotional consideration, we're going to talk about the only topic that we have today, Regulation D. Something that sounds so geeky means so much to a lot of people and they don't even know it. Federal Reserve said, hey, you know what, banks, you don't have to do it anymore. Um, I'm still skeptical about the end result of today's news and I'm going to get into why. Plus, I'm going to tell a story that I've probably told a couple of times on this podcast about my first interaction with Regulation D. It's a cute story. It was my first job, and um, it was really my most frustrating job before Bank of America. So after this brief promotional consideration, we'll get to the main topic at hand, so please stick around. All right, guys, and I'm back. And I did want to apologize in advance. I'm hearing some weird cracking sounds in my podcast recording today. Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sitting on any aluminum foil or something, so... I do apologize, and if um, you don't hear it, then perfect, but if you do hear it, I'm going to work on it next podcast. I also have my window open in the central Arizona for the first time today. It is 93 degrees today, and it is hot. Hot, hot, hot. Anyway, um, today's topic is something that I, I personally have had an affinity for ever since I got feed to death by my very first bank when I was 15 years old. So... You know, sometimes a day just doesn't go the way that I want it to. Sometimes I want to write, you know, in in my book or I want to do a blog post or I just want to tweet all day or I want to do a podcast. So it never really goes the way that I want it to. But today, um, it positively got derailed. So um, our follower, Ken Tuman, who works for DepositsAccount.com by LendingTree, um, a follower of ours for since the beginning, and I'm really thankful to have people who are verified people who are known in the industry following my project, whether or not you know he agrees with everything I do or not. Um, the fact that he follows me makes me feel like at least I'm making um, a statement. Whether it's falling on deaf ears or not, at least someone is watching. Do you know what I mean? So I, I really appreciate that. He posts um, a link from the Federal Reserve, and then, of course, he posts his story. I'll link to in the show notes. Um, the titling of his is a lot better than the Fed's. So um, he just puts the Fed's, the Fed amends Reg D to remove six per month limit on savings accounts. And he you know, tweeted out um, a link to the Federal Reserve's headline and the topic of what we're talking about today. So, let me read his again. It says, The Fed amends Reg D to remove six per month limit on savings accounts. Now, this is how the Federal Reserve put it. I'm going to put my banker voice on. Federal Reserve Board announces interim final rule to delete the six per month limit on convenient transfers from the quote-unquote savings deposit definition in Regulation D. (laughs) Sounds really nerdy, right? It it is nerdy. Um, But... In layman's terms, it's basically getting feed for transferring too many times out of your savings account. Uh, something I know all too often whenever um, I talk Bank of America, especially since I work there. Um, let me just read this really quick in my quick nerdy voice here. Federal Reserve Board on Friday announced an interim final rule to amend Regulation D 
to delete the six per month limit on convenient transfers from the savings deposit definition. The interim final rule allows depository institutions immediately to suspend enforcement of the six transfer limit and to allow their customers to make an unlimited number of convenient transfers and withdrawals from their savings deposits at a time when financial events associated with the coronavirus pandemic have made such access more urgent. So, long story short, there was a limit of three times a month that you could use your savings account without penalty. Nothing new, despite what people on Twitter say. It went up to six about, I don't know, about eight, nine years ago, right when I started becoming a banker. And it was nice, you know, it was it was double. But once it went to six at Bank of America, the fee every time that you would transfer out of your savings to the checking account or withdraw from your savings or do a transaction that would trigger Regulation D was $10 per transaction. So theoretically, you capped out at 60 You can pay $60 a month for your savings account at Bank of America um, if you play your cards horribly wrong and you use it 12 times in a month. Ridiculous. And every bank is like that. I know I see tweets that go, Bank of America is the only bank to charge for taking money out of your own account. No, it's not. Every bank does it. But the fact that the Federal Reserve did this today was actually really interesting because it was a, a pet rule of mine since I was 15 years old, okay? I learned um, Reg D the hard way by paying a lot of money. Now, Reg D was created in the late 30s whenever banks were unstable, banks were becoming insolvent. Great Depression era, people didn't have money, businesses were going out of businesses, times were tough. Um, limiting what how people can use their own money in the bank was a way of the bank being able to lend, was able the bank to say, hey, we have X amount of dollars in assets. And it was there as a, hey, we're going to give you a little bit of interest. That's where interest comes from. As long as you let us keep your money and as long as you let us hold your money, that way we can reinvest in the community or whatever. I mean, that's how banks work. So, you know, people get kind of lost from that with everything that we talk about with banks, but it's a rule that's been around uh, 1938 or so. My grandpa was born in 1937. My grandma was born in 1940, and she's going to be celebrating her 80th birthday in about 10 days, folks, and I love her to death, and I miss her, and I will talk to her via Zoom very soon. But this rule is, is old. It's 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 been a long time in the banking industry, and um, it's kind of going away. Although the feds didn't really make, I mean, their geekiness with their press release, interim final. Like, okay, so, you know, you say final answer on who wants to be a millionaire. That means you can't, you locked it in. You can't change your answer. Interim to me means, you know, like an interim substitute teacher, interim principal. Like, he's not going to be there for very long. So interim final to me is kind of an oxymoron. I don't know exactly what it means. And I don't think Ken knows either although it sounds like it's going to be probably at least to the end of the year especially if they're talking coronavirus but it's a big role a big role change excuse me and um, a lot of people are wondering why and I just imagine the coronavirus is part of it and and here's the thing I know that um, Trump administration everyone in government was kind of talking about the easiest way to get people money and one of them wasn't a popular way was allowing people to take out of their 401k um, penalty free um, before their 59 and a half birthday and um, I don't recommend people doing that although I may do it if I'm running out of money in the next couple of months if I don't get unemployment it's just that's how much I believe in this project um, they had that it, it was kind of panned and saying oh well you're you're stim you know giving us a stimulus of our own money well thank you very much government 
and then that's when the $1,200 check came and so on and so forth. But this rule is interesting because it's going to allow, theoretically, unlimited transactions out of a savings account, which means that, you know, the way that people use their bank accounts already, which was triggering fees, because I talk about it all the time, is now not going to trigger fees. And I really like that, or at least I think that that's what it means. Um, before I tell you the implications with big banks, I want to tell you the story that I probably told on a very early episode of Why Your Bank Sucks. Fifteen years old. My first ever bank account, my first ever job, a summer job that I had. So, you know, here's the deal. I opened a bank account at a bank called First Aid Bank back home in Socorro, New Mexico. Um, and it's not a family bank or anything, although I did have family members working at that bank. You know, I went there because it was familiar to me. That's where my parents banked at, my grandparents banked at. But they don't know the difference between a savings account and a ham sandwich, right? parents and grandparents they're not big on banks they cash checks they had credit cards but they didn't have a bank account to pay their credit cards with they like to deal with cashing their check and going to pay their bills cash that's the way they've always been that's the way they're going to be until they pass away it's it's backwards but that's why i find for older folks in big banks because people still like to do those type of things anyway um i i get my job from the schools and I wanted to be able to cash my paycheck. I didn't believe in direct deposit then either. So, um, and I didn't want my mom to have to cash my check for me. I wanted to have some semblance of being an adult even at 15 years old. So I decided to go with her to open me a bank account. Now, small town banks, a lot of times, you know, it's different. They don't, I mean, they have sales goals, but they don't have that sales pushing. So, you know, basically whenever they're saying, well, do you want a checking account or do you want a savings account, whatever? Um, my mom spoke up for me at 15. She said, she, yeah, it's just a savings account. Like, because they, they imply that you can't save with a checking account. I mean, that's just the way that my mom thought. So I open up the savings account, and I get a little savings balance book. I get some withdrawal slips, old school withdrawal slips, and some old school deposit slips. I put, like, $20 in there, and then I would um, put my check in, or I cash my check, and I put some cash in, and I have this little you know, reserve fund in in the bank, but I'd have cash that I'd usually deal with to put gas in in my mom's car or to go get a number six supersize with the Mr. Pib from McDonald's. That's all I cared about back then was food. Food and renting video games and going to go play pool. I mean, I was, I was a really good pool player. So I would go cash my check and get this money out, but a lot of times I would just deposit it. And then I would be with my first cousin. We're, you know, we're basically best friends, so we'd hang out all the time. So we'd go, you know, go out to eat, and then we'd go play pool or whatever. But what I would do is I would take $10 out of the bank every single time, and not with a teller. I got an ATM card before it had Visa, MasterCard branding, before whatever. And they had one ATM in the center of town. They had some others a little bit later on. But I would drive through that ATM, put my card in, enter my PIN, which is 1983, my birth year. It's not my PIN now, so don't even freaking try it if you try to clone my card, okay? Um, get $10 out, and I'd go out to eat and go play pool, and that $10 is wasted, and I'd do it again and again. We hung out all the time, five days a week during school. We would eat and play pool after school. So the first month I had that savings account, not understanding how it worked... I was I was confused about like well I wasn't confused I just didn't know how to 
discuss banking at the time because I was a kid. I didn't even know how much interest it earned. All that stuff was beyond me. I'd call the 1-800 number that they'd have, and it was the beginning of telephone banking. It was so clunky and slow, but I was able to listen to my bank account and be proud of it and all that. First month I had it, $10, $10. And it was the first of the month that I got it because I remember it was summer jobs. It was June 1. And... Ten dollars, ten dollars, ten dollars every single day just because that was my little budget. I worked hard at my summer job. My mom would give me a little bit of money. My dad would give me a little bit of money. So I'd have all this, you know, all this spending cash, but I didn't want to get it all out at once. So I would do this. And, you know, towards the end, I had figured out that I had about $75 in my account. I was balancing out my little bank book, my little check register thing. I was proud. I was like, yeah, I have $71. $75 in there. So I go the next day, or when the statement ends, which was the beginning of July, to get $10 out again, because we're going to hang out and play pool and eat again, and it declines. My transaction says cannot be processed. And then I do it again, and it says cannot be processed. So I check my balance, and it says negative $6 on the ATM receipt. I'm like, negative 6 How? And I go to my mom, and my mom, like I said, my whole family was not hip to banks. That's why I love banking so much, because I had more knowledge than everyone in my family combined. It's like, I don't know why you owe money. So she calls one of our second cousins, who was a, like a loan officer at the bank. She did like car loans or something, I forget. And um, she says, hey, um, James's account is minus. Can you tell me why that is? And then she tells my mom, um, it was a rate D violation. I mean, you say that, it's just like, well, what the hell is that? And I, I could hear my mom say that, and she would probably say the F word, what the, is that? And basically, I was told I used my account too much. And it was so foreign to me. I'm like, what? I use my account too much? What does that mean? And they're like, James, well, savings accounts have limitations to how often you can use your account because the bank uses it for blah, 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 blah. Um, so you're only allowed three transactions a month with this particular account. And any time that you use it past three in a calendar month, it's a $3 excessive withdrawal fee. And they take it out at the end of the statement. So she printed out a bank statement for me on one of those old school dot matrix printers that we all had in the 90s. $81 I got charged the very first month I ever banked at any bank. $81 for my savings account. Keep in mind, Bank of America's most expensive account is $29.99 for the Business Advantage account, $25 for the Advantage tiered interest checking for the personal customers. I got charged three times the amount for a savings account at a small town bank. $81, and my fees were not refunded. They said that, oh, no, you can't, we can't refund it because it's rules and you sign this and that, whatever. And they were giving my mom a hard time, and she was pissed off, and I was pissed off too. I mean, I was 15, and this bank literally took every single penny that I had at that moment. And I was upset, you know, I was upset. It's, it's hard to lose that much money when you're that young. I lost a wallet at 12 years old. That's 25 years ago this year, 25 years ago, June 5th. June 5th, 1995. I remember it clearly. I was here in my hometown right now of Las Cruces, New Mexico. I was with my aunt. And uh, my cousin was there too. And we had a decision to make. Do we want to watch Sandra Bullock's movie, The Net? Starring one of my favorite comedians at the time, Dennis Miller. Or do we go see Clueless with Alicia Silverstone? I wanted to watch The Net. 
They wanted to watch Clueless. I lost that argument. I was wearing these big baggy like basketball shorts, you know, those big, you know, the ones that you wore in the 90s with, you know, basketball players wearing them all the way to their knees and stuff. I was wearing that. I had my wallet. I was cleaning yards. I was picking up aluminum cans. Had a couple hundred bucks and my whole summer trip was going to be to go spend my money at this mall and buy stuff for myself because I deserved it because I was young and I worked hard for my money. We sit down in the movie theater. I lose my freaking wallet, all 200 and some odd dollars of it, and I'm broken down and crushed. I'm crying. Um, my aunt ends up buying me a couple of things. She buys me, like, a Swiss Army knife, which I still have to this day, by the way, and she buys me some baseball cards. <clears throat> so I walk away not a loser, but I walk away, you know, a couple hundred bucks lighter. So cut to the small town bank three years later, I'm $81 lighter because of some bankroll that they didn't tell me or my mom. I know they didn't because I would have remembered and I got charged $81 in fees by a bank for breaking this regulation D limit. And I said, F you guys. <laughs> and I closed my account out. I actually still owed money. And I closed my account out. They let, me, they let me close it out still owing money. And guess what? Guess what? I got my job at Bank of America seven years later, 2005. And in my background check, they said that I had a delinquency at First State Bank. So I had to go pay the negative whatever is like six dollars or whatever in order to properly close out my account because it was dormant it was still open but it was dormant that way bank of america could pass my background check i swear to god true story so i pay i pay the six bucks and i'm able to work at bank of america which lasted 13 years at that point and ever since then i've had conversations with customers at the bank and then ever since i got fired at bank better guy on twitter about, hey, why is the bank charging me for taking out my own money? Well, it's more complicated than just the bank doing it. It's a government thing and yada, yada, yada. It was three times and then became six times. Um, and now with this news of today, it's actually starting to, starting to change. Because when I became a banker in 2011, online banking was a pipe dream still. Online banking was something that Bank of America and big banks wanted to do. But it was not perfect yet. It wasn't as seem you know seamless and i use that term very loosely because it's not seamless with a lot of big banks as as it is today it was really clunky but the one thing i noticed working in a college town was the fact that every single one of my college customers would put a lot of money usually their financial aid money into their savings account and throughout the course of the semester when it's time to pay the rent or whenever it was time to pay the electric bill or whenever it was time to go get drunk at the frat house they would transfer money from their savings to their checking their quote main account and I would always hear conversations about, hey, the bank charged me this excessive withdrawal fee. Then it became withdrawal limit fee. It sounds a lot softer, I guess, at that point. And I would refund these fees every once in a while. Um, I would refund $10, $20. Sometimes it would let me refund all 60 But people were pissed. And I was always had to have the conversation, of why is the bank taking money out because I'm taking money out? And it was long and it was complicated and it was so frustrating, you know. To have that conversation over and over again with every single um, set of college students every year that came into the bank. College students were my favorite to deal with. But I got to tell you, I talked about this forever and ever with all these college students because it happened to almost all of them. So Regulation D became a rule that I was familiar with for myself and the fact that I talked about it with college kids all the time. 
So I was really big on informing the customers, especially when I open up savings accounts for them. Hey, there's limits to the savings account. I, I'll open up this account for you if you like me to. But I just want to let you know that every single month you have a limit of how many times you can use it. It was really, really big. And I used to get criticized by my manager saying, why do you talk too much about the rules? They have the deposit agreement. They have the terms and conditions. They can read it themselves. And I was like, I know they can, but this is a fee that all of them get. And we have to talk about it all the time. And we had to deal with it all the time. In 2012, before online banking was the main thing, before smartphones were in every single person's hands, I noticed college kids overusing their savings account and people were getting charged a fee. So I anticipated this coming. When I started getting my Androids and stuff, I noticed, I was like, man, it's so easy to transfer money. But then I'm like, oh man, it's so easy to transfer money. And I knew that this was going to be a burden to a lot of people. I knew that this was a way the banks were going to take fees. Now here's the thing. I talk about this in my book and I've talked about it in previous podcasts. And I really hate this fee with a passion. So I'm really glad to see um, it's starting to slowly go away. Because what happened was, since the rule is so freaking old, it's as old as my grandparents, this rule was not meant for the banking of today. If Bank of America truly wants to be an online banking centerpiece in this whole world, they need to adapt and change this rule and eliminate it along with the Fed news of today. Because if they don't want to help people do these transactions at the bank and have conversations with them in between the transactions, then they need to kind of relax the rule because I've seen college kids log into their online banking 10 times a day. They could theoretically max out their transfer limit in one calendar day just by logging into their phone. And by then you've lost them. You've lost them because you lost their trust because you charged them a crazy fee because you didn't explain the rules. I saw this coming in 2012. And now that online banking is just the norm, um, it's time for it to go. And the bank should not be charging this fee anymore. And and this is this is why I'm saying this because it's a recommendation by the feds. Okay, so it says the final rule allows allows depository institutions immediately to suspend enforcement to make an unlimited number of convenient transfers. So it doesn't say that we're mandating them to get rid of the rule. It's saying, hey, we're allowing them to get rid of the rule if they want. Now, do I think Bank of America is going to get rid of the rule? Well, they better freaking do it if they know what's good for them. Because what's going to happen is these people are going to still get charged. And if they research it themselves and they see, hey, that the federal government says, hey, banks, you don't have to charge this anymore, and the bank still does, you automatically lost that customer forever. That's a ticky-tack way of making money, guys, especially from college kids who don't know anything about their accounts. I was 15 and I didn't know anything. Some of these kids are 23 and they barely know anything about bank accounts. So seeing that all these years ago, knowing that this was going to be a big deal, this is what I did. This was my recommendation of what I did back then, all the way up to my firing. When I'd have a college kid under the age of 24, under the age of 24, which was the limit the Bank of America had for a free checking account, guess what I did? I opened up two checking accounts for those guys and girls. I opened up two checking accounts instead of a checking and a savings. And um, I would get the same look from my boss, like, what the hell are you doing overselling checking accounts? 
And I would say I'm not overselling checking accounts. I'm giving them a second account that they can call their savings. They can even nickname it their savings on online banking. And then what they can do is whenever it's time to dip money out, whenever the financial aid check comes in, they don't have to have a debit card for that one. They can go online, transfer it from their second checking to their first checking, and they call it their savings checking or whatever, and they can do it as many times as they want because checking accounts have unlimited transfers. Savings accounts only had six. So I would open up double checking accounts for almost every college student, which got me in trouble one time. And they said, why are you opening two accounts for everyone? And I told them, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm saying it. Yeah, one's a bills account and one's a spending account. They're like, oh, okay, good job, James. Excellent work. But no, it was to avoid the fee for the Bank of America customer because I knew that the bank won refund that fee. It was my way of saying, screw you to Bank of America. You're not getting this $10 transaction fee from this college student. So I'd open up two checking accounts. I'd show them how to nickname it on their online banking. And I would say, just move it. And I said, this is best for you. But I said, here's the thing. And I would write down on the folder their 24th birthday. So if they were born February 1st, which is my niece's birthday, you know, 1997, I would say, okay, February 1st, 2021, you have an appointment with James at Bank of America. Well, I'm not freaking there anymore, so um, <laughs> they're going to have to have an appointment with someone else. But I'd write it on there, February 1, 2021, you have an appointment, come see the banker, that way they can transfer you over to the quote adult accounts is what I used to say. And you'd have another conversation about your banking then. These people were 18 and i tell them to come in when they're 24. That's how crazy I was. Because I wanted to make sure that they got free accounts. Because there was a little check mark there that said this account's free until age 24. Um, which is now there for savings accounts, mind you. You know, savings accounts used to charge and then they got rid of that. And they put a student waiver on savings too. But... The limitation waiver was not there. So I always open up two checking accounts. And like I said, I got in trouble until I explained how I got around it. And I was happy for it. I never saw Reg D fees at Bank of America until the time I left. And I was really proud of that. And I oversold the way that the bank wanted me to. So it was an overselling that the bank wanted me to do. But it was also a, a high five to myself for making sure that these college kids got every single penny that um was supposed to be in their financial aid or their payroll or whatever because i didn't want the bank to take it away from them because of my 81 dollar a month savings account when i was 15. so i did these accounts double checking accounts all the time and still to this day i was a believer in it so whenever i talk to people of age of college age i say hey just do two checking accounts call one your savings well what about interest you have $1,000 in there. Your interest is literally going to be $0.03 cents a month, I would tell them. I was like, don't. Who cares? Get rid, get rid of the $0.03 cents a month interest and save yourself $60 a month by doing it this way. People will look at me like I'm crazy, but I am crazy like a fox. You're not getting charged a fee, right? And that's all I cared about. So I'm teaching people a better way of banking. And, and the way that I told them to say, hey, well, make sure that it's a legit savings account. And how I would say that, I say, don't get a debit card for it. And don't even link it up to your debit card so you can take money out of savings, aka second checking. Go online, make it inconvenient for you to do it. Make it accessible, but make it inconvenient. And that's the way that I used to do it too. I used to put my rent money when I had an apartment in Wells Fargo by direct deposit. So what I would do on the first of every month is I'd have to go all the way to Wells Fargo to get my money out, go all the way back to the bank to put it into my checking account, then write a check for the rent. It was stupid, but it worked for me because I wouldn't be 
I wouldn't be inclined to spend it if I had it in my Wells Fargo account as opposed to B of A. There's a way to protect me from myself and a way to protect me from just anything else that can happen. And that's what I wanted from, you know, the kids. I was like, hey, I don't want the bank to charge you a fee, so do it this way. And I assure you, you will not get a charge, you know, get charged a fee until you're 24. A lot of these kids are coming up on age now and they're going to be close to 24 soon and I'm not going to be there. So I hope to God that the people that work at Bank of America now really work hard to help them out and find what's the best fit for them. And I really hope that because, you know, things now aren't the way that they were then. And now with this rule being relaxed, like I said, the Fed said that the banks don't have to do it, but it's a case-by-case basis. My prediction, do I think Bank of America is going to suspend this rule? I don't think so right away. I think eventually maybe they'll do it, but if they don't, oh man, I'm just going to be so frustrated with them because... This is coming from the government. The government is saying, hey, we don't need this anymore. And I thought that that was just unique. I just thought that that was greatly bizarre, but much needed at this time because it it solves a conundrum that I've been thinking about for nine years. How do we make sure that people understand what a savings account actually does? It's not just an account that you use for emergencies. No, it's so much more than that with the bank. And there's so much limitations to your own money. I, I, I can't get over how many people don't realize that whenever you put money into a bank, you don't necessarily have access to your money. So if you put $50,000 in there and say, hey, I'd like 50000 cash, please. They don't have to give you cash. They can give you a cashier's check. And that's part of the deposit agreement saying, hey, we're going to give you something of like value for this cash that you're putting in your account. And it doesn't have to be cash. I mean, that's just the way that it is. And people don't realize that. With Reg D, it's one of those rules that's been around for 80 years that I guess most people think it's implied anytime you open an account, but to the average person who never banks, they'll never know that rule. So it never gets discussed during account opening. It always gets charged, especially whenever the bank's sole freaking purpose is to log someone into mobile and online banking, and they have the 24-7 accessibility of their account in their fingertips. That way they can move money over at a whim. You can enforce a six transaction limit whenever your only resource is to go to the branch. You can't do it when it's online and they have that weapon in their pocket 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So that's why I'm glad that it's gone. But like I said, I really think that this um, rule change was more for allowing people who need money to be able to dip into their savings account as needed when they need it. Which, you know, depending on which side of the political aisle you're on, you may see that as a positive or negative thing. I I mean, I don't want people to take money out of their savings account, but if they have to pay the bills, then they have to pay the bills. But, you know, it's a kick in the guts from a bank to charge you a fee for taking out your own money, and finally this is being addressed. So this was my time to shine and do this podcast. I'm really big about this fee. It's one of the one of the stupider fees, but it's one that impacts the most people because of the nature of banking now. Online banking is going to take over, okay? Uh, can James and Notorious Banker stop all the branches from closing and all of them becoming online-only entities? No, I can't. But I can at least acknowledge it while it's happening, saying, hey guys, since you're not going to have a branch to complain to anymore, this is what you need to know about your accounts. And that's why I do what I do on Twitter, because I want people to understand that this means the world to me. And I want to make sure, I really, really want to make sure that you're aware of it. 
Now, this rule change is going to be in every newspaper. If people still re read newspapers, it's on CNN. It's on all these other sites. But do people actually read that and click on it and go, hey, what does this mean? No, they're not going to know. So, you know, this is on you, bankers. If you're a banker and you're listening to this, and your bank is still enforcing the Reg D fee even after this news today, have a conversation with your customers and say, hey, we're going to open a savings account for you, but you need to know uh, the terms and conditions of it. There's a limit of this many transactions, and if you do more than that, it's going to cost you this much a month. And then give them that little explanation. Say, hey, this was created in the 30s. It was meant to make sure that banks were stable. It's a way of showing uh, reserves in the bank. And what you're doing is you're investing in us, and we're investing in the community. So we have to make that money accessible to the community by limiting how many transactions you have. See, I haven't said that shit in two years, and I still got that down. And you know what? Whenever you sound empowered, whenever you sound like you know what the hell you're talking about, people will listen. And then people will go, oh, wow, that sounds really secure. Hey, I need one for my grandson. People do that. People really do that. So, guys, um, in the banking industry, um, take advantage of this news. And it's the federal news. But make it your bank's own. Saying, hey, Bank of America wants to um, let you know that we now have a savings account that is um, has no restrictions on how many times you could use it. Call it an unlimited savings account. If there's if it's permanent, then call it that. But if it's only temporary, saying, hey, you know what? We're gonna waive fees, uh, you know, from excessive transactions until the end of the year. So use your account as many times as you like between now and December 31st. But starting January 1, 2021, you can only use it six times a month. Call this a trial period. You can win someone over so easily with with crap like that. So please do so, and don't be stupid, Bank of America. Don't be stupid, Wells Fargo. But now there's so many other reasons, you know, that Reg D being gone affects other customers. But in reality, I only really care about this one because this is the one I dealt with face-to-face. -face. And you may have seen this fee before on your savings balance. You may have seen this before on your kids' um, savings balance. And I just want to let you know that um, although banks may not actually care about this fee, I did and I do. And I told you the story as to why. It's really important um, to have access to your money and not be penalized on it. You know, because in this day and age, when everything costs money and everything costs so much more than it did a generation ago, it's really nice to actually just say, hey, you know what? I can take out my money whenever I want and they're not going to tell me anything. They're not going to charge me a fee. It's my money and I need it now, as the J.G. Wentworth commercial says. <laughs> um, I'm really glad it's gone. And the federal government, although a lot of people don't see eye to eye with them, they got this one right. And they probably didn't even realize what they got right. They got it right in the sense that they lifted a rule that impacts so many young people and so many bank illiterate people that it probably netted millions of dollars a year for every major financial institution. It just was wrong. They, they earn so much interest off your money. They pay little to no interest and then they earn fees off of you. No, man, that just sucks. It's one of the reasons why your bank sucks too. Guys, my name is James Baca, and after this brief promotional consideration, I'll be right back to wrap it up, so please stick around. Alright guys, I'm back, and I told you I'd be short and sweet today. Uh, Patreon.com slash NotoriousBanker, we had a $2 donation, we had a $15 a month donation. Guys, thank you so very much for that, I appreciate it so much. Follow me at BankBetterGuy, share my page, share the wackiness that I do on my Twitter account, and follow... Um, 
you know, me and the 2,270 other people who follow me as well. Um, James and Notorious Banker.com. If you have any questions or comments or you have anything you'd like to discuss, and that's also for sponsors too. I'm looking for additional sponsors. James and Notorious Banker.com. Let me know if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast. I'll send you a portfolio with all of my handiwork. I do a really good job of promoting products, as you may have heard on this podcast. And for as little as $100, um, an episode, you can actually support this podcast and be an important, integral part of um, yours truly helping bank customers in a time of need. So, um, James and Notorious Banker.com, Patreon.com slash Notorious Banker for listeners. Guys, help a brother out, okay? I'm looking for support. I'm looking for people to help me in this journey of mine. I'm working hard for the little guy. I fight big banks, and I fight them with piss and vinegar, okay? And I'm going to make sure that big banks do not impact customers that interact with me anymore. I really think I do a good job, and I really think that my job deserves your support. So if you feel inclined, if you want to talk to me, please you know, DM me or email me, and we'll discuss why I believe that people should contribute to this project. I've been doing so much work with the PPP loans. I've been doing so much work with stimulus check discussions that I want to branch out into other things, too. I'm starting video podcasts. My YouTube channel is available. So check check that out. Look at it and, and embrace the project that I worked hard for. And if you think that it's worth um, continuing, donate a buck, and you may actually change my life. I want to work for the people, and I can only do that with the support the dedicated support to listeners like you, to followers like you at Bank Better Guy, which will allow me to thrive, which will allow me to um, to get a mandate, which will allow me to prove to the bank that I I am I have some conversation that's worth this you know discussing with you. I I have an audience. I have people who listen to me, and sometimes a donation really makes that happen. So guys, please Patreon.com/slash/NotoriousBanker. Um, I also accept Cash App and Venmo if you want to go that route as well. But support the Notorious Banker. My book's coming out soon. Even just clicking through my podcast will give me a couple of cents per play. So do that as well. I'll be back in the middle of next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, with another podcast on this breaking news warrants. Um, but I really wanted to have this discussion with you about Reg D and the savings account limit removal, and I really hope that banks adhere to it, and I really hope that customers can enjoy spending their money, even if it's in bills in this time of need, um, without any penalty from their bank. That's all I ask for, and that's all I hope for in the coming days, weeks, months, and the coming year uh, with this news today. So until next time, my friends, we will talk to you very, very soon. My name is James, the Notorious Banker, and I just told you why your bank sucks. Guys, we'll see you in a few days. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. And we will talk again soon. Goodbye, everybody.